This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. $25,000 donation from ADM. The new box truck will be part of the Salvation Army's food programs, traveling to food distribution centers throughout Illinois and providing meals to people in need. ADM has also provided a $35,000 food grant to support the Salvation Army's Christmas food assistance program and $20,000 for the Salvation Army's general feeding programs. The 2023 Decatur Christmas Parade will be held downtown this Saturday. It's sponsored and organized by Decatur Earth Mover Credit Union. The parade will begin on Franklin and Macon Streets before heading north. Lineup is set for 2.30 with step-off at 4.30. The floats of the lighted Christmas parade will be judged for a chance to win a $500 cash prize. All of the entry fees will be donated to the Boys and Girls Club. For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit nowdecatur.com. WSOY Decatur and W277DB Decatur. WSOY, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Freed. I'm Lisa Lacera, Fox News. Fourteen more people, including an Israeli-American woman, have been released by Hamas. Nine Israeli females are included in this group, uh, including one as young as 13 years old. Gali Tarchansky is her name. Five teenagers uh, as part of this group uh, that is on their way to Israel right now after 54 days in Hamas captivity. Fox is Nate Foy in northern Israel. Four of the former hostages are Thai nationals. They are now in Israel. Israeli territory is the sixth release under a ceasefire agreement between Israel and Hamas. Israel is to release 30 prisoners later today. The ceasefire is said to expire early Thursday as international mediators try to extend the deal. Pentagon spokesman General Pat Ryder says the release is good news. We're happy that that these uh, individuals will be able to be reunited with their family members and loved ones uh, very soon. But uh, you know, something we'll continue to monitor very closely. And Ryder says the Department of Defense remains in contact with Israel to make sure it has what it needs to defend itself. An annual tradition in New York City in just a few hours, the lighting of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, though this year's celebration may be disrupted. The NYPD is anticipating pro-Palestinian protesters to try to disrupt tonight's event. People are starting to make their way into tonight's event. Hundreds of barriers here where people will be penned out outside in the sub-30 degree weather out here for the the next few hours as they wait for this Christmas tree to be lit. Fox's Brian Yannis in Rockefeller Center. At least one person is dead after U.S. Air Force Osprey crashed during a training mission off the southern coast of Japan. On Wall Street, stocks drifted to a mixed close. The Dow plus 13 and Nasdaq off 23. The S&P lost four points. America is listening to Fox News. Are you a victim of the timeshare trap and think there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, the original timeshare cancellation expert. And I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. All you need to do is give my office a call. I will send you a timeshare exit information kit absolutely free, explaining how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit, 800-887-1010. That's 800-887-1010. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. They provide mortgage-free homes for fallen first responder families, Gold Star families, and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. In 2023, they are providing housing assistance and services to more than 2,000 of America's homeless veterans. Do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T the number 2, T.org. Paul Whelan, the retired Marine imprisoned in Russia, has reportedly been attacked by another inmate. The incident, first made public by Dave Whelan, Paul's brother, was confirmed by Russia's prison service. According to accounts, Paul Whelan was punched in the face at the high-security penal colony where he is serving a 16-year sentence on an espionage conviction. Whelan has denied that he spied on Russia. Russian officials say guards stepped in to break up what was called illegal actions. Dave Whelan says he believes the attack on his brother is the result of anti-American sentiment, which he says is not uncommon 
where his brother is being held. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Arizona Attorney General Chris Mays says officials in rural Cochise County who delayed canvassing the 2022 general election have been indicted by a grand jury on conspiracy and other charges. A settlement agreement has been reached involving a massive class action case over toxic forever chemicals. Timors, DuPont and Corteva have agreed to pay the state of Ohio $110 million to resolve claims associated with toxic forever chemicals. Timor said it would be responsible for half of the settlement costs, while DuPont would provide about $39 million to resolve the claims relating to the release of per and polyfluoral alkyl substances, or PFAS, from the company's facilities. Chemical makers have faced thousands of lawsuits in recent years over contamination by PFAS, which can be found in the blood of most Americans, accumulating in the body and not breaking down in the environment. Lillian Wu. Fox News. Gas prices are falling across the country. AAA says the national average is just below $3.25. That's down 25 cents from a month ago. I'm Lee Silasara. This is Fox News. What makes a great Christmas gift? A gift from the Brass Horn, of course. Hi, I'm George Streckus, and with 32 years of gift-giving expertise, the Brass Horn can handle any of your gifting needs. We have always offered the best in quality, style, and selection. Our experienced staff can help guide you to make the perfect choices for all those men on your shopping list. The Brass Horn 2 and Brass Horn Kids are right next door and offer the same great experience in both women's and kids' clothing and gifts. Please check us out for our holiday hours and directions on BrassHorn.com and BrassHorn2.com. 30 sec. After such a cold beginning to the week, the rest of the week will be relatively mild. Tonight, partly cloudy flows around 33. For Thursday, increasing clouds in the morning with rain showers developing in the afternoon with temperatures a few degrees above average with highs around 52. And for Friday, more rain in the morning. Some could be heavy with highs very seasonable topping out at 47. With your Storm Team 20 forecast, I'm Chief Rogers Cheryl Lemke. Authenticity, balance, and a little moxie. This is The Morris Code with your host, Dr. Juanita Morris. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to The Morris Code. I am your host, Dr. Juanita Morris, and along with me in this journey and in life's journey is Dr. JK. What's up, babe? Hello, love. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing fine. That's right. Clear that throat. I got to clear it out real quick. Real quick? Yes. What were you laughing at? Uh, I I was kind of smiling at uh, uh, the, the music. Yeah. Yeah. The music is is still is still humming. It, that it is. Yeah. Um, How are you? I am amazing. Yeah, I know you are, but how you feeling? I know you are. What am I? <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I'm good. How you been? It's been a while since we've been live. Yeah, it has been. Like a long time. Oh, we're time. live, really? Yeah. We're live for real. <laughs> yes, I thought that we were pre-recording. <laughs> no, no, we no are mind. live. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're we're live for a minute, and then we're going to shoot to a pre-record. But okay. yeah, we're All live. Right. All right. It's a hybrid show. It- <laughs> <laughs> It really is a hybrid, isn't it? Oh, yes, or is yes, it like yes. asynchronous or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yup. I like hybrid. You like, I like hybrid? hybrid too. I that was like kinda that. cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty good. I like that. How you been, Dom? We haven't been together in a while. Oh, it's been about two weeks. A week? Two, no, it's been two? two or three weeks. Yeah, two weeks, yeah. At least did, we, did you play recordings for uh, all of November? Um, are there, are there, were there pre-record? I don't remember being in the studio. We in haven't November. been in the studio in a while. Okay. No, we did pre-record. We did all our Sunday mornings are all good for that. Yeah. Don't forget to catch Sunday mornings on the Morris Code. Yeah, the <laughs> every podcast. Every Sunday at 9 o'clock. Oh. It's, the podcast is released every Sunday at 9 o'clock. Super cool. And it's uh, Sunday mornings. I'm in on Monday mornings with... Um, Byers and Co. With Byers and Co. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. Like yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we do a lot of different things. You can talk about everything. <laughs> we do everything from sweet potato pie to 
pumpkin pie to religion. Yeah. Yeah. And workforce. And uh, yes, and workforce and work. Mm -hmm. So a week ago today, kid two turned 16. Yeah, the big one, six. How was that? It was fantastic. Yeah. Did a great job, honey. Yeah. My wife is an incredible party planner in case anybody (laughs) wanted to know. It's not really. She puts people in places to make sure that they're successful. Yes, I do. I have a great uh, support network. Yeah. I really do. Amazing job. Made it happen. You didn't sleep for two days. I did not. Yeah. Yeah, because we had the party, then we had driver's license. Oh, yeah. We had had, phlebotomy. And then we had phlebotomy, and then we had Thanksgiving. So congratulations. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Latest phlebotomist in my life. Couldn't have done it without you. You did that. Yeah. You, I don't know how. We did it. We we did it. We did it. Okay, Dora. we did it. The Explorer. (laughs) So, yes, uh, Kid 2 is is driving. Well, Kid 1 decided what school he was going to. Kid 1 decided on college. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's special. Yeah, super special. Uh, Graduation is May 19th at 2 p.m. for Kid 1. Yeah. A lot going on this last week. It's a lot. It is definitely a lot. So Thanksgiving. Mm Mm-hmm. How was it? It was fantastic. It really was. It was really, really nice. Like, it was really, really nice. So all of the brothers were in. Uh, Mom and Dad came up uh, for Thanksgiving this year instead of us going to uh, Mississippi. So we had... Uh, we had Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, brother and sister. Yeah. In Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Brother, brother and, and daughter. Yeah. Well, his daughter. His daughter. Yeah. And Atlanta, Georgia. The, my brother that is single. <laughs> I have two single brothers. You do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one my baby brother kids, Bert, right? So he was here from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, your parents were here, and my parents were there. Yeah. It was like the best. Oh, you had great company. We, had we great did. company and great food. Great food. It was just good. A good time. A lot to be thankful for. Reminds oh my me of that god! Get good times. And uh, did not, kid one not pray? Oh my gosh, he did grace for uh, Thanksgiving um, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, yeah he did. He absolutely asked could amazing. He, he, could he do grace? He said he didn't rehearse it. He he said he was gonna wing it. He was gonna wing it, and he did an amazing job. I started to pass the plate. Pass the plate, please do. <laughs> he done an awesome yeah. job. Oh yeah. my God! So we're just now coming out of a meeting too. Yeah. What you think? I think it was fantastic. Uh, we're meeting with young people to get them to uh, get them to work. And some internships for uh, the next seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Starting it small. Uh, Very small. And um, I think we're going to have about how many? I think you said 10. I said 10. Yeah. yeah we had 10. Uh, so we didn't have 10. We had uh, our initial, what, four? Yeah. We and, Well, uh, we did we have four tonight? We had, we had three, three tonight. tonight. You're right. We had three. So they'll start working next week. Well, one is working now. He's producing the show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. This is volunteer, though. His <laughs> volunteer. Your pay has not started yet. He didn't know he was going to be working tonight. He did not. Yeah. Well, but... I mean, thankful for his ride. It's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I think that's going to be good. Like, I really do. I think that the internship program is going to be amazing. It is part of Jay Morris Enterprises, and um, our young folks will start work in in December, and then they will complete and conclude work the last uh, week of May. Week of right. May. Mm-hmm. So they are able to um, kind of have an, a duration, like a half of a year, to really grow skill set. And I watched them this summer, and I was unbelievably pleased and happy just to see them everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they were with the city of Decatur. They were with the children's museum. They were with Newhoff media. They were with Northeast community fund. Um, and they came out on the other side of that very, very different people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it shows, it shows in kind of who they are and how they uh, maneuver through meetings and how they maneuver in the community as well. Uh, and it shows in how they respond to uh, people. Period. Yeah. Uh, which is which is very, uh, it's enlightening and it's 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 warming. It's heartwarming to see 
um, the, the work that that specifically DCLI has put in in terms of um, helping these young men and women mature yeah. to this point where they can go in and work and and have some awesome opportunities yep. to do some great things here in our community. So if you are an employer and you're looking for an intern and not an intern to get coffee and not an intern to run copies, but an intern or a young person to to come into your organization and add some value and shed some light and provide a different perspective, please reach out to us. Um, we are more than happy to have the conversation. It is so important to look at workforce in this community in a different way. Um, a lot of the conversations we're having, they they start and end with they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, it's a trigger for me. And I'll tell you why. It's because when we look at the stats and the numbers in our community, what we find is the highest unemployment rate in Decatur, Macon County, is amongst African-American men. Mm-hmm. And the next highest group is African-American women. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about the people that don't want to work, what I'll say is, is that sometimes maybe we haven't been given the opportunity or the access to try different um, um, uh, opportunities in, in terms of employment. So what I have found has been that our young folks have worked for the past three summers diligently, respectfully, and have shifted the view of not only um, the community, but also shifted their life view and what they see of our community. Mm-hmm. But it takes people, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like it takes um, some support. It takes some training and it takes some awareness of self to recognize that the people may or may not want to work, but those that do will show up and give it what they got. And it becomes our responsibility to show them something different. It's always interesting when people say that. Maybe it's not that the people don't, they don't want to work. Maybe it's that they don't want to work for you. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. So right? we, it, it's very important to take, kind of take a look at um, your internal workings to make sure that you are uh, that type of employer that people want to come to work for. If yep. you're not, then there's some, some adjustments that so possibly to be, done. be made. Yeah. Yeah. So we're super um, unbelievably excited and very lucky to have an employment piece that is coming to fruition under Jay Morris Enterprises. Our next project, and we are in collaboration with um, the city of Decatur to provide an opportunity for um, young women who are not high school students. DCLI deals with high school students. This project for young women or men who are adults who are interested in becoming certified nursing assistants, Mm -hmm. we will be running a um, program in the spring, I believe, an eight-week certified nursing assistant program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Non-residential. Absolutely non-residential for adults. Um, And again, it's workforce. It's finding opportunities to make sure that people in our community have access to opportunities to shift and change the trajectory of their life through employment. How well put was that? That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about economic self-sufficiency. Right. Um, And so please be on the lookout for information about the cohort that we will run in the spring. Mm -hmm. Dr. JK and I, more Dr. JK, who's (laughs) now in in healthcare and has his foot in healthcare, will run and manage that program. So excited about it. Are you? Yeah, super excited. Yeah. This is my excited voice. (laughs) (laughs) Super excited. Uh, we have some amazing things coming up too for the show that we'll announce going forward uh, in in the in 2024. We'll start to talk about in December. Tonight, what you will hear is at the the last Wednesday of each month, we share uh, interviews and one on one conversations. And tonight's conversation will be with a gentleman by the name of Kevin Jones. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Jones, I believe, lives in Bloomington, but he does a lot of work. Across 
across this country in this area of restorative justice. And so the last portion of our show, what you will hear is a conversation that we had with Kevin Jones, because I was super suspect about trying to understand what restorative justice was. I know Dom is trained uh, to run restorative justice sessions in, in training in circles. And I was talking to her. I was like, so, you know, I don't really understand it. And so having said that, what I did was, was not only had some conversations with Dom, but I also had a one-on-one interview with Kevin Jones, which is coming up, and you will hear um, about restorative justice. And we'll have some more conversation about that going forward. Yes. Yeah? That sounds great. Listen, you've been listening to The <laughs> Morris Code on WSOY 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and streaming live on nowindicator.com. We will, you will hear us uh, next Wednesday. Please enjoy the conversation and the discussion with Kevin Jones on restorative justice. What's up, Doc? A brand new medical podcast brought to you by Decatur Orthopedic Center. Join Dr. Sams and Dr. Sullivan as they take a peek behind the drapes into the world of orthopedics. They will explore the newest trends in orthopedics, sports injuries, and musculoskeletal health. These leading orthopedic surgeons will go into detail about surgery, life as a surgeon, and the impacting change of orthopedics. Find What's Up, Doc at NowDecatur.com under the podcast section or anywhere you get your podcast. Memorial care is how you start to feel better. Primary care, urgent care, virtual care. Memorial care is how health begins. Visit memorial.health. Memorial care is your entry to the quality care and expertise of Memorial Health. Primary care, urgent care, virtual care. Memorial care is how health begins. Visit memorial.health. Save big money in your next painting project now at Menards. Freshen up your home with Dutch Boy Forever Interior Paint. It's a paint and primer in one that's washable, scrubbable, and stain resistant. And with Arm & Hammer technology, it contributes to the reduction of common household odors. Get smooth, even coverage and pick up a gallon of flat today for $32.96. Remember, a Menards gift card makes a great gift. Price is good through December 3rd. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. This is The Morris Code with your host, Dr. Juanita Morris. your friends better than your friends yeah what's up this is the morris code i'm your host dr j and uh dom you you know you know i know oh okay all right that's my girl um welcome 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 thanks for joining us we this is a little different um for us and we're trying something a little new um and i think part of this is because we've been at this a little more than a year And what we try to continue to do is reevaluate and figure out what feels right. And I think part of the the code is this idea of authenticity. And because we try to be as authentic as we can, we create space to figure it out (laughs) every week. And then we try to do something that feels right and authentic every week. So what do you think, Dom? Yes, no? 
Yes, absolutely. You just kind of go with the flow and and hope it goes good. Do you be, are you are you are you as the producer are you worried when we just kind of go with the flow or how do you work best? I guess would be the question. Like do you work best I, if you got it all lined out? You got the songs lined out? You know where, yeah. where we're headed? I mean, as you... a person, I'm very structured and I like things like I know what I'm doing Monday. I know what I'm doing Tuesday. I know what I'm doing at this time. So when something (laughs) happens and I have to adapt, that's hard in my regular life. But when it comes to radio, while I do like structure, I also do well with it. Just kind of things happen because as a producer, I've been taught in these, you know, nine, 10 years, like nothing goes the way that you plan when it comes to media or goes to radio, just like anything in life. So you have to be able to adapt. So it does help me when there are shows and episodes where... There is no plan. I do well with that. Right. Yeah. And yours yours is not the only one that does that. Sometimes I show up and I'm like, so what are we doing today? And they're like, well, we had a plan, but it's not happening. It's like, cool, cool. Yeah. We'll make it work. I, and I think that's what we do. We try to make it work. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a little bit of a difficult time um, because as the year approached, then I was out for a month. And I, that was harder for me than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought that I would just hop back in and everything would flow. And I, I had a hard time kind of catching my bearings um, after I was out for that four weeks. So that was a little different and it wasn't expected. I'm think, I feel like I'm just kind of slowly refinding the flow. I think you guys picked up right where you left off. Like definitely, obviously, us being out for a month, that's hard coming back into it. And it took a little bit, I think, but... Even in that first show, I was like, oh, we're, we're just back, and it's perfect, and it works. So, um, And that's not the case with everyone, so I definitely commend you guys for being able to pick it up. Thank you, Don, but you know we don't believe everything you tell You don't believe anything <laughs> that I tell you. <laughs> so we are having some conversations this spring, and I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievably excited about the conversations. And we haven't really figured out the format yet. But what we do know is that we don't want to rush the conversations. We also know that there is a flow um, when we are exploring ideas or there are certain questions, but the our conversations kind of go off to the left or they veer to the right. And so today um, I spent some time at the new ICAT building And I'm also working on a summer course for high school students that centers around public safety. And it includes everything from law enforcement to fire to, uh, to, um, oh shoot, to the call center to, um, training and all of those things. And so I think it's so cool when everything lined is lined. Um, and so today we're having a conversation with Kevin Jones. And Kevin Jones, you'll find we'll have another short pot and five, 10, like maybe like 13 minute podcast because there's an event coming up and we wanted to make sure that we got to the event. But he is such a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge. And um, I just wanted to share and have some conversation with Kevin. So, Kevin, welcome, and thank you for coming and driving over, because he is not, he does not live in Decatur. <laughs> and everybody says, cool, can we do it? Yes, we can do it over the phone, but I love the studio because it helps me to, one, find that comfort place, and two, I lean a lot on Dom. So welcome, Kevin, and welcome to the studio, and thank you so much for driving over. Yes, uh, honestly, my pleasure, and I love the way you set it up with the conversations because for so long, when I first started doing this work about 11 years ago, that's what I called every one of my events, restorative conversations. And, and, you know, and the only trick to that is because sometimes in restorative, you know, you start talking about conversations and it's not always about conversations because one of the best things we do in this work is listen. Yes. We listen to people speak in head and heart. Yeah. We listen. And, and that's what I've had the opportunity to do, you know, whether in Decatur. Actually, when I first started doing this work, I spent so much time in Decatur. Um, and, and for good, and to be honest with you, some things I feel a bad about because I was in Decatur and I was learning. And and I keep coming back, yeah. you know, for these little small pieces. Uh, but the things that I've learned, I can't wait. I met with... Um, uh, Jill Reedy about six yeah. weeks ago, and we talked about how can we reboot restorative practice in Decatur. In our well, in this RE39, because yeah. there's so many bits and pieces that people take away from training. 
That's one time that um, research says in a training, people take away about 20%. And what the number one thing people have been taking away from all of these restorative practice trainings that's been going on before SB 100, uh, the law that required restorative justice practices in schools yeah. in, in align with discipline, uh, to even before that, that so many people marginalize restorative practice to getting in a circle when bad things happen. And so let's start there because I um, I know Dom has a ton of experience in, in this area and is well-versed in restorative practices, and I'm still trying to get the, the terminology correct, so make sure you correct me if I if I if it just veers away from yeah. the intended message. And then I was asked somebody else mentioned it and I was like, yeah, so I don't really know what it is. And what I'm seeing, I'm just not sure yeah. of and not that I'm a believer or a non-believer. I just didn't understand it. And so Jill Reedy, who's the regional superintendent now, um, said, I want you to meet with or just meet Kevin Jones because he is amazing. I'm like, that's fine. Like, I'm going to meet him and I'm going to listen. <laughs> but I still don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know what it was and the, the impact. And so before we get to what it is in your time, I just want you because you are a perpetual and continual learner, yes. too. And you are always growing and always learning and have all of these things that are you are speaking into the atmosphere. Right. So talk about who you are. Like, I know you've done a ton of work with my alma mater, which is Illinois State. Yeah. But talk about who you are and how you arrived at this work. Yes. Um Appreciate the question because, you know, um, right now, and I'm going to do a backward design because right now I've been traveling, like I said, all over the country, different parts of the world, working with the government of Guyana, uh, working in Curacao with the women's group that takes care of all the restorative justice needs of yeah. prisoners in the country of the island of Curacao to work, you know, doing work and training and friendship with Wisconsin, uh, L.A., yeah. Flint, Michigan, I spent three years doing work with Flint, Michigan. And the, the beauty of it is I've been able to continue to learn. Yes. Uh, I learn something every place I go. I, I, I think I've done close to 5,000 or more trainings, coaching, yes. consulting. And so I started a company called Pathways to Restorative Leadership. And the reason I kind of drifted to get there is because the Pathways to Restorative Leadership it speaks to more than a company. Um, it is my pathway. And what I do with this work, especially on the leadership level, is really help people see how utilizing this framework that I want to describe, how it can help you. It gives you a place to put all of your academic learning yeah. and all of your experiences. So I filter my learning from where I grew up, Housing Projects East St. Louis, sports, academic learning, my work in residential treatment programs, my work in mental health, my work in alternative education, and all of my work as a leader. And yeah. what, what I've found is, is continue to make it better. It's made me better. Yeah. It's uh, my trajectory of where I planned on being at 61 was really sitting around, maybe still refereeing and, yeah. you know, maybe teaching at a community college to... I get to speak all over the world. I teach graduate schools and restorative practices. Uh, I actually wrote a restorative justice and social justice movement, how a social justice movement can be enhanced with the use of restorative practices. I facilitated uh, listening circles yes. throughout the world and pr uh, primarily in central Illinois following, you know, what the things we were dealing with with COVID, uh, the murder of George Floyd anti-Asian hate, LGBT yes. community. And so I've worked with communities, um, different organizations and communities, law enforcement, court services, nonprofit, anti-racist group. But I've also had the opportunity to really, especially in the last three years, to kind of work at the higher education level. I train, uh, I, I've trained colleges in, um, in Pennsylvania, in New York, uh, Illinois State University, U of I, and I've also, when we've had some big issues that happen in the community or in some of these spaces, I've gone in and got people ready, and we we use this processes to to really work through some tough stuff. So you ain't new to this. 
but you're true to this, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's, yes. But you you mentioned along the way, and so I I I do live by this: who I am, um, what I do, who I am, what I do, and what I believe. They all have to be in alignment. Yes. And so you mentioned right not only your work and your body of work, but you you you've and, and you were super modest, right? You were like, yes, I've taught some graduate classes, but you've created graduate classes to teach. <laughs> so, yeah. right? And so your academics and your experience and your certifications and your licensure and your life experiences have created a body of work that the rest of us get to partake in, learn, and grow in. Yeah, and thank you for saying that. And it's something I never get tired of. I'm yeah. starting to get tired of flying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, again, I grew up in East St. Louis. The only yep. place I, only time I flew is when I played football. We flew to yeah. the state, you know, get off the plane, play a game, get back on the plane. And now I am in all parts of this world, Belgium, yeah. Ireland. and But the thing about it is, I never, ever get tired of this work. Yeah. I never get tired of sharing this work because I have found the power in it, and it's so simple. I, the way I describe restorative practices is simple but not easy but yet doable. Yep. And so what, you know, there's a lot of theories with it and stuff, and so I really dug into the theory, and I'm that kind of person. I mean, when I don't know something, if I'm interested, I learn. <laughs> I read. <laughs> right? I ask questions. You know, I go to trainings and I show up and, and I just, what I tell people is I'm going to give you everything I got in that moment. And, and it's just, I've taken so much from those places. Yeah. I think the best thing I can say that I offer in this work is that I feel like I am a leader in this work now. Yes. But I never stopped being a practitioner. Sure, 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 sure. And so I still engage in this process. I train leaders, but also trained sophomores in high school. Yeah. I've trained pre-teachers. I've trained student teachers. I've trained people um, who are going to become principals in buildings. And now I've kind of leaned into the leadership work with superintendents. I mean, I talk to people about this work and help them see this framework and how it benefits them. And sometimes there are people before who probably would have never even looked my way and who now invite me to their spaces and it's, it's it's a pretty cool thing so it's always i think for me it's it's always cool to do that to combine that um the practitioner with the academic work yeah. like that brings it to life right yes. you can be an academician we can do all the study and we can do all the books we can have all the degrees and all the certifications but until we are that practitioner mm -hmm. and how we combine those yes. that that's the beauty yes. so here is what I want to do, I want you to share with us what restorative practices, what, what is it like this field? Yes. Okay. And, and, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to stay concise. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so let's start with the hypothesis of restorative practices. What is restorative practices? First of all, restorative practice is a social science, a social science that focuses a hundred percent on relationships and community. When you talk about relationships and you talk about community, when people are not included in communities is detrimental to their human dignity. We are designed to connect to other people. So that's where we start. So then we get into the hypothesis, the cornerstone of restorative practices. People are happier, more willing to change behavior. Yeah when those with authority and or influence does stuff with them as opposed to uh, doing stuff to them, for them, for or them. being neglectful of them. Yeah. And what that doing stuff with means, high expectations, yep. I support. If I'm asking you to do something, I'm making sure you have the support to do it. Yes. You think about that in the workforce, you think about that in the community. How many times is go do this and there's no roadmap to how to do it? Yeah. And, and you don't have the resources to do it. And then you, you're being punished for stuff you are not even capable of doing. That's right. That's right. And so and that's when you get into all this, the, the trauma stuff and all the abuse, the generational harm. Yeah. I mean, you're expecting people. I read a book um, by uh, Bettina Love, and it, it was called uh, We Need to Do More Than Survive. And that's mm -hmm. what she talked about. Yeah, yeah. Because we're always trying to, in, in uh, uh, lower incomes, uh, uh, black and brown schools, we're like, oh, we need to fix these kids. We need to get all these special programs. We say things to them like, oh, grit, you know? Yeah. 
but we're not addressing the issues of how they got how there. How they got there. And so as long as we have these expectations and say, figure it out, we're going to keep losing people. That's so that's right. kind of the cornerstone. How do you work with people? How accountability, how support? Okay. The second explicit practice is called fair process, okay. fairness. What does fairness look like in my organization, at my school, in my household? And it has to have three p- principles there. One is engagement. Okay. That means a voice. So if if I'm a, a um, head of a company, I'm, I'm a teacher in a class, mm-hmm. I'm in law enforcement. If uh, I'm about to introduce a change, we're about to the new policy, new rules. The first thing I'm going to do is get voices from all the people who are going to be impacted. Sure. The second one is uh, explanation. Why? Why is this being done? Think about a lot of things that come down, even in, in your workplace. Uh, we're changing this policy. We're getting rid of this and we're throwing away this. Nobody knows why. Uh, one example that I was working with the school and the school, I was working with these teachers. I was doing a training and they were just really pushing back. Yeah. And I started talking about fair process. And one of them said, we did not, our school district did not engage in fair process with us because we don't know why we got rid of the initiative we had. It was working. And now they're telling us we're doing something else. So they got the pushback, right? And then the last one is expectation clarity. What are the new rules? Sure. Heard from everybody. People can ask questions. We answer the question. So everybody knows why we're making this change. And then the expectation clarity, when does it start? Who's involved? All of those key things that people need to know. When you got all three of those components in place, the theory is that people will accept those decisions even if they don't get what they want, yeah. if fair process is involved. And that's why you got to make sure you have all those three. And I, there's so many. I go to schools yep. and they were fighting over a level system. Yeah. You know, the the it was new coaches. They started a, a new program, and, and they were like, we don't like this level system. Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the, my point person who was the district lead said, Kevin, you got to get them using this level system. You know what I said? I said, we need to have a meeting and talk about fair process. So I did a mini training on fair process. Mm-hmm. We sat down there at 45 minutes, and all of a sudden we're walking away with, okay, let's get all of our input into this level system. And, that's, and they were able to put it together and, you know, Put yes. a, come to an agreement within days of working through this by giving voices, by talking about the why, and making sure everybody's on the same page. But that goes back to what you were talking about in terms of leadership, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is the biggest pushback from leadership. Sure. And, and these are some simple processes. They're, people are doing these yeah. all the time, but they're doing them in isolation. Yeah. And, and then the third explicit practice, which is what I love the most because it fits – all of my mental health human service background is called psychology of affect. And it's basically, I sum it as, up as understanding yourself, understanding others, understanding our triggers. Yeah, uh, a big yeah, portion yeah. of this whole section talks about the story behind our behavior. We got a story, but the story behind it is the one that, you know, carries the most information. The most weight, yeah. And so we're understanding what, when, when, um, those stories, our life, the, our lives lived, our sex, our race, our yes. culture, yes. our experiences impact how we respond to everything. Yeah. Yes. And so when we respond, there's this thing that gets deep, and I'm going to go brief, I think. It's called, <laughs> it's called the compass of shame. Uh, you yeah. can use it. It's, it's, just, it's very um, compatible to trauma-informed cultural responsive, but what it talks about is when we're in our good affect. Uh-huh. That's when we're we're that's when we're thriving. Yes. So think about the day you wake up and everything, everything you just feeling is, good. Is right. Flow. Yeah. And then you run into a situation where all of a sudden somebody triggered you. Yes. Now you're in survival mode. Yes. When you're in survival mode, you go to four places. You either attack other people. Sure. You attack yourself. Yep. You withdraw, shut down, mm-hmm. or you avoid it. And avoid it, you do things to kind of numb that shame because we're into that shame mode. We're into survival. Yes. We're not at our best. That's when you see people like look around our country, look around our world, and look who's attacking who. Yeah. So we can look at the behavior and say that's bad, right? But if we look behind it, affect interrupt it. It helps, it helps me and it's helpful to be able to understand behavior from a clinical lens instead of a judgmental lens. Yes. Because when people affect is interrupted, what they need more than anything 
somebody to listen to. Just to listen. Be present. Don't try to don't try to fix it. You know, think about your friends. You you have a bad day. You talk to your friends. They're giving you advice. They're not helping you. They're making you feel worse. Yep. Just listen. Absolutely. Be present. That person is saying. Because when we can do this through a clinical lens, it allows us to separate the deed from the door. Sure. Uh, That's so powerful, though. It is. To separate the, the deed, deed from, from the doer. Yep. You, it, it, I, I trained a Catholic school, and they 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 recited the Bible to me during the training. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the center yes. from the sin. You separate the deed. The deed. Yes. We, the deed's not okay. That's right. But you still have value. Yeah, absolutely. Because then when we don't separate the D from the door, we push people into that stigmatizing shame. We label them thug, bad teacher, bad cop, bad mom. When we do that, when you put people in shame, you push them out of our community and you push them toward people who have who've been pushed out of the community. When I do the trainings, I always say a lot when I get to this space, because uh, it's a it's a line that. Um, it was a big football player in Ohio said to me, I, I was talking about this section, it's about six years ago, and he just stood up and he said, a, a, um, any child not embraced by their community will burn it down to feel the warmth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what happens when we throw people away. Yep. We're creating a group of people who are angry, who's been thrown away. Yep. So you look, look, you know, and you start thinking about that. You, you see this in all, a lot of places we go. And so then this process, when harm happens, allows us to work through those issues and get people back out of that shame, um, making them part of the community. And then that gets to the last explicit practice, and it's just application, starting with simple language. One specific language we use is effective language. Mm -hmm. Let you know what I think and feel about your behavior. Yes. But it's also a way to let me know how you're showing up. Yes. I'm showing up feeling like this. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, Steve Jobs, uh, I read something uh, recently that that's how he started every meeting. Every meeting at Apple. How are you showing up today? What are you thinking? What are yeah. you feeling? And the reason he did it was so we can get all that stuff out. Out of the way. You get more productive. We yeah. get people in that, in that positive affect. They're thriving. Yeah, because we all oftentimes recognize, we we know it, but we don't acknowledge it, that whatever it is, we bring it with us. Exactly. Right? You Right. So you, you got to call it out and call it up. Exactly. And, and and a big thing we do in restorative practice is name it. Yes. Like when we were doing listening circles around George Floyd, you know that that topic was so hot. Yes. And, 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 and when we were meeting as a team to try to come up with how we're going to frame this, you know, we were thinking, oh, you know, racial injustice it was all these big words it's like no, no we need to name it murder of george floyd yeah and and i was i participated in one of those listening circles with law enforcement in philadelphia and um i remember you know the room was really tense it was it was virtual because it was still COVID, but it was a lot of tension in the space sure but and the first question around just your name and what brought you to the space but the second was what were you thinking and feeling when you heard about or found out about the murder of George Floyd. Yep. And the police off one police officer started out, made me feel sick to my stomach. Yeah. That somebody who does the work I do could do that to, to somebody. Do that. It humanized that person. Yes, indeed. It took him out of robot. Yes. <laughs> You're human. Yes. And, and 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 you could see the tension in the room. And I see this a lot because I do a lot of responsive circles for when big issues happen in yes. primarily Illinois, but in my coaching trips, you know, around the country. And, and it's, I never get tired of watching. You watch the room start out tense, and you just watch it when we start listening to each other on a human level. The tension goes down, and we become humanized, and we're really, we lean into that empathy yes. and solutions versus blaming and stuff like that. And the continuum, it's got some structured questions you can use. It's got those one-on-one conversations, conversations you can use. And then all the way down at the 70%, you start talking about circles. Yeah. And 80% of those circles should be responsible, responsible. Um, I'm sorry, proactive circles, relationship building, community building, because what you're doing, you're creating space for when something bad happens at a workplace, in a household, yeah. in a community, yeah, yeah. in a school, we got a way to do it. We so it's not, it's not like, what do we, no, we're going to take care of this like we always take take care of this. Yeah. And that's the power. So that's kind of those four explicit practices. The one thing that I left out that I always like people to know, because I spent about 15 minutes on this in training, and it's just a blurb. It's called the AMA Restorative Practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AMA Restorative Practices um, build relationships to develop community. Yes. Um, tensions and conflicts goes down. 
uh, repair, harm, and restore community. But you really break that down. You got to spend that 80% building, building, building. It was a group of um, African-American leaders in uh, Utah, Florida okay. at the district. I was I did their training, and then, then I did their trainer trainers. I trained them to be training. And after that training of trainers, uh, their takeaway was, we're going to spend the next year building community. Sure. Because you can't repair a community you never built. So you got to build it first. You have to build it. And and a lot of times where there's so many misconceptions about restorative practices, people pull it out when bad things happen and like, yes. wow, I just had a, I just did restorative <laughs> I work. I done a circle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I cringe. Yep. And so I am very intentional about making sure people get that 80%. Yeah. You're going to get this because this is going to happen. <laughs> you know, no matter yeah. how great communities are, we're going to have harm. A lot of harm is unintentional. How do we repair that harm? How do we hold that person accountable for that harm? And But how do we bring them back to the community? And the last thing I want to say about that particular area, when you think about traditional punishment, yes, traditional punishment is actually a passive discipline. And the reason that it's passive discipline, think about the number of people who've gotten kicked out of school, sure. gone to jail, yep. fired. They blame the people that did it. They never have to acknowledge they caused any Themselves, harm. That's right. In a restorative process, before we sit down in that circle that everybody keeps talking about, the party who caused the harm has to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're starting. If there's so many circles I have not done because the people, they're not I didn't yet. do it. They're lying. I yeah. don't get people together to lie and I don't get them together to fight. When I sit down with a group, I've talked to all of them individually. And when we sit down, we're sitting down to listen to each other with a solution in mind. So I think that for me, it it um, and I'm so glad that we connected a few months ago because it gave me a lot to think about. Um, I think y'all gave me some resources to look at, and for me, and, and I, you've talked about it, and we've chit chatted today, is that it does create a framework of understanding that you can build on and kind of help us to better understand. Yes, and I can see myself, and I can see my work as a part of a framework that is larger than myself, right? Exactly. Like that's what, and at the end of the day for me, what, what is happening is one, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm a fish out of water and I'm being called into a space that I'm, I, I'm saying, okay, yeah. but I'm saying, okay, with a, with a side eye, but how do we see one another as humans and how do we continue to restore one another instead of throwing us away? I worked in Department of Corrections mm -hmm. as a statistician probably two years ago. And so some of this is coming back full circle for me because you're right. Like when you talk about how, how I felt about a thing, I can tell you how I felt when I walked in and that door closed and I looked in reception and classification and I saw the massive amount of men. Yeah. In, that would be that are heading into incarceration for whatever period of time. Yeah. And then the question then becomes is, is have we thrown them away? Mm -hmm. And then with our students, if we talk about expulsion, and yes, I do believe that sometimes we got to remove the people, but what are we doing before to yeah. see the 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 reasons and the rationale behind the behavior that, that our students are exhibiting or our community members? Exactly. And... Even this, there's many, I always tell people when I travel and do this work, I've suspended students from school. Yes. I've dropped kids from our program. Yes. But you know what? Never threw them away. No. Maintain contact. Yes. Tried to get them into other programs. Yes. And that's where it's at. I have, my oldest brother has been in and out of prison most of our life. And my son, who is a, a, a police officer, he was a Chicago police officer. Yes. And now he's a police officer in Bloomington. We, I don't even know how we got in this conversation, but he said, uh, and we might have been talking about restorative work because I, I try to yep. implant some of this with him. And then what what he he said was uh, when I was talking about the D from the do it like yes. you need because you know he was young cops and, and they teach you bad bad you know yeah, yeah, yeah. bad guys good guys. And I said no, there's a story behind that that guy's behavior. Yes. And, he, and, and when we were talking about it, he said, oh that's how y'all treat Uncle David. We include sure. him. He's our <laughs> yes. He, I love my brother. He has been in and out and had all kind of mental health yes. issues. But you know what? We love him. Yes. He's at all of our events. We know how to include yes. him. And we also know how to hold him accountable when yes. he's stepping out of box. 
That's yep. restorative. But I think that the challenge that people have is, is when we talked about resilience or when we talk about restorative practices, when we talk about this language that, that we still want to include people, mm-hmm. people automatically assume that there are no consequences. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Yes. Yes, I can hold you accountable and still love you. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. But, and think about something. Think about kids. Yeah. Go to your room. Yep. Okay. You messed up. You embarrassed me. Go to your room. That kid's in his room. What happens when he comes back? What happens? Back? Yeah. The two kids are getting in a fight. And I ran into this a lot in alternative ed. Two kids get in a fight. They're coming back to my building. But what's been going on while they were suspended? Yep. Uh, they probably been planning and getting the sisters and the brothers involved. Yes. It <laughs> yes. ain't over. When yes. we go through this process, it's over. And I'm yes. not lying. I, I, I've done so many of these at the school level, and I've done them at the adult level a lot in the last four or five years. It's over. My challenge sometimes is 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 clearly with the with the adults and um and I'm we it's so I'm not gonna give yeah. too many details, but yeah. one of the things is well no, that student can't participate in that program because they done X, Y, and Z. Well were we punished for that over there? Yep. Dr. Morris, that's why I focus ninety nine percent of my work on adults. On adults. That's yeah. why the leadership piece is so important. I work so much. You know what? Yep. Kids are going to do kids stuff. Yep. How we treat ourselves and how we treat each other is the difference. And if you go around, when you go to the most toxic spaces, what you see is adults at each other. So yeah. this relationship building, this community building is for us. It's not for the kids. Yep. And so, I mean, I have a lot of places to fix my kid. I'm not, and, and, and at first I would, you know, I'm trying to show you know, I do all these conversations like, oh, yes. that was great. And then they're just waiting on me. I'm like, good. Look, I'll be here one day a month. <laughs> you going back home to all of this. This is yours. Yeah. And so and, and that was me having to change because I'm a I, I like to do stuff for people. Yeah. And so I'm like, yes. And I'm like, nope, I'm actually causing harm. I need to because the thing about restorative practices is there. Like I say, when we think of the our great people, the people who we like, who our mentors we like them because they were doing these practices. They uh, they held us accountable, but they yes. also made sure they hold us. Uh, they provided support. But to build this framework within your system, yes, is duplicatable and sustainable. Because what happens to every great leader that we talk about when they go, they usually the things that they put in place are they gone go. too. Yeah. So this makes it. This is like uh, one group I used to have a lot of pushback from with mental health people, counselors. Um, we don't want, you know, this is not for counseling and restorative practice is not counseling. However, how many times I, I would ask them, how many times do you have kids in your office that you know that most of that's reason that kid is in your office because something that teacher did or said? Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yep. The goal is we teach how we can take care of those things in those settings. So now the counselor is available for those kids who really have mental health needs, not because that's right. they don't get along with Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. That's right. And so and that's why that's why I like I do now a building, building uh, leadership teams leadership. Yep. to get it embedded. And so and, and I've been doing a lot of work through the International Institute for Restorative Practices. And I've been sort of subcontract. I've had sure. a company for about six years that I never advertised but I'm ready. Yep. I'm ready to uh, to to step into it, and I'm ready to take bring some a lot of my learning back to Illinois, um, because I really think this work can impact our our state. So will you come back and have some more conversation? I would love to do this as much as possible. I, would, <laughs> I, I know would, your schedule is full. <laughs> but you know those times we can do virtual, and like I said, yes, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home more. And because what I would want to do, something I've always wanted to do, is break down. The aim break uh, like a, a section on the social yes. discipline window, the fair process, and really get into how can people apply this. And the last three or four years, that's where I've grown. Yep. Take it, take it past this theory, and it feels good and it feels right. To what are these simple things you can do mm-hmm. every day? And the last thing I want to say about it, because yes. I always invite people to do this, and it's kind of become the cornerstone of my company and that is um to um intentionally engage so engage intentionally yep uh practice explicitly so not just restore to practice a lot of our practices especially our initiatives in schools mm-hmm. but be explicit about that practice so it's duplicatable 
understand impact because every time we come in contact with somebody, we're going to have an impact. impact. So let's be intentional about that yes. impact. And then nurturing and introspection. I used to say reflection. And someone had mentioned the word introspection. So, I mean, I've heard it before, but I looked it up. And it's kind of how we navigate in real time. Yep. We're checking our own emotions. So we, yes. we show up in these spaces because, it's, you know, we can reflect on harm that we cause and we yep. can make it right. But we're being introspective. We're being aware. Aware. We're being keenly yes. aware of our own emotions so we don't get triggered in these spaces yes, and make things worse. So. Thank you. Yeah. Kevin Jones, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank I, you, I, I can drug you in here. We've been in here for an hour, hour, 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 I, can, I, I can go. We can keep going. I mean, I, these are over. I train, a, I do some virtual training to be like, y'all want to start over again? <laughs> You have been listening to the Morris Code, and um, I am glad that you have listened. Thank you, Kevin uh, Jones, uh, for joining us. And I look forward to continuing the conversation around restorative practices and continuing to learn. Thank you so much. Can you trust the government to protect you? We have political chaos, high inflation, global wars, no border protection, and our leadership telling you about pronouns in electric cars. It's time to take a hard look at protecting yourself and your family. It's time to call Oxford Gold Group. Whether you want to diversify against inflation or have gold on hand, you need to visit jessekellygold.com. Protect yourself with a visit to jessekellygold.com. That's jessekellygold.com. Shop on Main and the Party Shop are totally decked out for this holiday season with great apparel, unique gifts, festive holiday decor, fun balloons, and more. Mix in awesome customer service, and you're in for a treat when shopping these locally owned boutiques at 407 and 411 North Main. Stop the stress. Treat yourself to a positive shopping experience during this season of giving at Shop on Main and the Party Shop in beautiful downtown Decatur. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.